Hello, good afternoon, morning or middle of the night. Whatever time it is, with you, the sleep mums are here for you. We are here for you. In the same way that you're there for your baby at any time of the day or night. I'm Kat Cuby, broadcaster, podcaster and early bird. And this is Sarah Carpenter, child and baby sleep expert and night owl. I do feel like a bit of a night owl this morning. I was with a gorgeous little cherub last night who behaved impeccably and slept beautifully. And I spent the whole night wide awake, unable to switch off at all. We need to do something about that caffeine habit. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. This week, we're talking early waking, which is the bugbear for many parents. Lots of you get in touch about it because often I think you can feel like you fix all the things, but mornings still start earlier than you would like. That can be frustrating, but often it's also something that we just kind of live with because it seems so hard to fix. Well, you know, I said we're here for you. Well, we really are. We're going to talk through the main reasons babies and littles wake early, what you can do about it, and hopefully get you a wee bit more of a lion. Not like a teenage lion, which makes breakfast, lunch, but a parent lion which is about 7am. First of all, I should explain I have a cold. I'm not just uh, making this into some sort of like sexy podcast. (laughs) No, first of all, let's talk about sleeping environment. Whenever I think of this, I always think of the story about the princess and the pea. Basically, that there can be one small tiny thing that can disrupt sleep and it might not always be really obvious. So, Sarah, let's talk about the number of external factors that can affect early waking. Yeah, so I don't think a lot of people consider how many things can actually contribute towards the early waking and there are just a few really obvious ones. So, you know, the temperature in the room, if there are changes to the temperature early in the morning, that is going to have an effect Um, and even to the point of it just being the heating coming on you know so yes you've got the heating coming on early to help baby not get cold but actually that change in environment can be enough to disrupt their sleep patterns any external sounds so you know if the heating makes a noise when it comes on that can contribute if the bins are getting emptied you know if it's something that hasn't been consistent then it can really disrupt a baby Um, and then the obvious one lightness and darkness so you know Obviously, in the mornings, especially in Scotland in summer, it's getting lighter and lighter, earlier and earlier. And that change can be really um, disruptive. So, you know, where possible, you you do want to think about the environment. You want to kind of try and keep things as consistent as you can from when baby is going to bed until the point when you want baby to wake up. And the more consistent the environment is, the more chance there is of them being consistent with their wake up times. In the winter, if they're all layered up for, you know, to be a bit chilly overnight, and as you say, the heating comes on, can go from being, we know ourselves, you know, that quite often if, if a room is too warm, that wakes you up. And the lightness and darkness thing is really hard to manage as well, especially when you are going from winter into summer where it can change a lot. I actually had someone literally yesterday ask, what do you do about the darkness in the in the summer in Scotland? And I was like, blackout blinds all the way. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's one of those things over the years that I've obviously seen loads of different variations of blackout blinds and you actually don't need to spend a lot of money on them. One family that um, I was with, they had a, 
a room that had like windows all around the top so it was like right. like the top layer of the wall was glass if that makes sense and so they put tinfoil up and it worked it was absolutely brilliant they just had this like spacey room but it was quite cute because it was ended up being a little space theme as the little boy got older when he was a toddler he still had his space themed room so it just shows though you know you can actually work with what you've got and black the room out quite easily you can also get travel blackout blinds which I think um, a lot of people don't actually know and they're quite good as you say, you don't want to spend a ton of money, put up something on your windows or you're going to be moving or for whatever reason. And also it then gives you something you can take away if you need. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they can be a wee bit annoying putting up and taking down, but it depends, you know, depends, as you say, on what your setup is. Mm-hmm. But I think that darkness thing is quite an important thing. I mean, all of these things that we're talking about are important in terms of environment because they can be wee things that then set in motion an early waking pattern and then that pattern then kind of gets ingrained but also the the lightness darkness thing is a big thing in terms of our circadian rhythms and you know it's natural that as soon as it starts to get light or lighter earlier particularly if that light comes into your room you wake up yeah definitely no it has a massive effect on um, babies and children Um, and it also has an effect on the going to bed side of things as well you'll find that as it's getting lighter and lighter especially the kind of toddler ages they find it really hard to get it into their head that it's still bedtime when it's light outside so you know having that sort of blackout environment it does help both ends of the night um, and it just calms things down it calms the little ones down settles everything and keeps them in that sort of you know it differentiates between the day and the night and helps their circadian rhythm One of the biggest factors in night sleep is day sleep, and we've spoken about that quite a lot. If baby has too much sleep in the day, they are likely to sleep less at night, but also, and often a really big culprit when it comes to early waking, is going to bed overtired. So that is our second thing. What can you do about naps? Yeah, naps are super important. So, you know, an overtired baby... um, isn't going to settle well, as we've talked about lots. And overtiredness can increase cortisol, which in turn will contribute towards wakeful nights and early wakings. So you do have to look at your nap timings. And you want, obviously, when you're looking at your nap timings, you want to be looking at your 12 hours of daytime, awake time, and fit your naps into that. But the really important one is, you know, if they're under six months and they're still having that third nap, that is seriously important. You know, that is like the danger nap. And so you don't want it to be too long. You don't want it to be too late. So you're really looking... Even at that young age? Absolutely. Yep, definitely. You know, you if, if um, baby sleeps too long at that third nap, then they are it's just going to knock everything out for you overnight so rather than it knocking out the evening part with a younger baby it definitely is more likely to knock out the morning rather than the evening so they'll still go to bed quite easily but then they will have started their kind of 12 hour night time from the nap Mm -hmm. and so then they'll be waking up so say you've put um you know your six month old baby for a nap at quarter past five and you let them sleep for 40 minutes mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the start of their night time so when they wake up and do their next sort of maybe little bed, bed and bath time routine 
that's still included within what their their body clock is classing as their overnight. So then when they wake up at kind of half four or five in the morning, their body feels like it's done their 12 hours of overnight sleep. And so you need to rein that nap in, make it earlier and make it shorter so that they're then not waking up early in the morning. I mean, it totally makes sense, really. And I guess it's also just knowing that that is clearly the reason. And once you know that, hopefully you can use the tools that we talk about in all of our podcasts to then you know that's obviously what we want to do is give you tools give you confidence to be able to come back from things because that gives you greater flexibility as a whole you know and I think confidence is a really big part of it because sometimes when things go tits up you are just like ah what do I do definitely no it's huge confidence is huge we've been talking about that a lot actually on social media this week you know a lot of the time, it's even just the confidence with um, understanding why a baby's waking up, you know, and once you kind of get your head around that and get your head around the different noises that they're making and things like that, your confidence does just really soar. And that's so important and being able to kind of tackle any of the issues that we talk about, but certainly early rising, because, you know, for a lot of people that they, they assume that, you know, early rising is related to hunger. And so it becomes this automatic well they're definitely hungry so I'm just going to get them up and feed them and then they don't go back to sleep straight after Mm -hmm. that so then they're a bit lost and they don't have the confidence to know what to do absolutely and I think the confidence to try stuff and then if it doesn't work to try other stuff like that's a massive thing too because that feels like a really scary thing to I don't know why I mean I guess just because it's all a bit unknown when you are in those uh, in those early stages of having a wee baby I think at any stage as well, because, you know, as we've talked about previously, like I think you referred to it as, you know, you nail it one day and then overnight things just totally change. And so, you know, yeah. you, you might be quite confident in one routine or confident with how things are going. And then literally overnight, it feels like you've lost all your confidence yeah. because you've had a bad night. And it's, again, breaking it down into knowing that one bad night or one bad day doesn't mean that everything's changed. It's having the confidence to come back from that. Totally. And just whilst we're talking about naps and overtiredness, I guess we should also talk about what else you do during the day. So you've got to have a wee think about that third nap in particular and also making sure baby's getting that, you know, if they're past the third nap stage, what naps they're getting earlier on in the day, whether they're getting too much or too little and the timings of those naps. But also playtime or stimulation can be as important a part of it. Like, so it's, you know, as we always say, it's about looking at your 24 hour period as well. So what sort of other things should you look at in your day when you're, when you're worried about early waking? So you do need to be really aware of stimulation, you know, for very young babies, even bath time can tip them over the edge, you know, that if they're enjoying bath time and, you know, it's all lovely and, they seem really happy in the bath you're inclined to leave them in for that little bit longer and actually you can then run the risk of overstimulating them by being in the bath and ending up with an overtired baby who comes out of the bath and then is very upset and actually getting them dressed and ready for bed becomes difficult so you've got to really break it down and remember that you know what to us as adults can be a relaxing experience and get us ready for bed for children it's a very fine line between relaxing and then stimulate because it's still so new as Absolutely. well like yeah. they're still like and they're learning so you know we talked about that obviously a lot in terms of leaps and regressions but that you know they're learning all the time and that is like 
yeah. <laughs> I just think of their wee brains yeah. doing that. And also, you know, with bath time again, it's it's very quick to go from being a warm, cozy bath to actually their body temperature dropping slightly and then it becoming more difficult mm. for them to settle to sleep as well. As a result, becoming overtired, as a result, waking up earlier. So it all has a knock-on effect. And I guess just tracking back from that, obviously we're talking about bath time, but that also goes, I guess, for, you know, the awake windows before their other naps, because you kind of just want to be making sure you're hitting those points so they get the sleep at the right times uh, for the for the for their overnight sleep too but also because we've been chatting a wee bit about circadian rhythms too that element of making sure you get some daylight into your day too and um, particularly through in winter when it can be hard to do when the weather is shit and your baby or child does not want to go out in the rain but you know getting some outdoor time some fresh air can be really helpful as well yeah definitely you do need that balance and again you know when you're sort of talking about those the kind of toddler years it is a balance you know if you're out in the fresh air too much then again they are gonna get too much fresh air they are gonna be overtired so you do just need to look at your day and you know I think we talked about it quite a lot in the lockdown episode but breaking it down into sections and you know covering all your kind of stimulus without getting overtired and without being too stimulated so you don't want to do too much of one thing and certainly with babies you know it can be as simple as just parking the pram under a tree and just look at the leaves for 10-15 minutes you know that is a yeah. huge thing for that them that could be your fresh air but that's enough fresh yeah. air exactly it's enough you know and then they can have their nap and by all means if you've got a safe garden then totally put them in the pram and let them nap in the garden that's fantastic like garden naps are amazing if you can do it but it's you know in between times it's just making sure that you're not kind of in their face and again something that we've talked about like you don't need to be the biggest entertainer you've ever been like little chunks of entertainment and actually letting babies just be babies is so important and a smile from mummy or daddy or you know whoever that is stimulating enough for a baby so it's just simple things Our third thing is food. We talk a lot about having full feeds, but this can be super important for early waking as baby can be up at the crack because they're hungry. Now, as Sarah mentioned earlier, that's often the go-to for people. They think that's why babies are working and it's important to look at these things as a whole because it's not always the reason, but it is important for us to talk about because it might be the reason. And I, we know that it's tough. We're talking about early waking and it could be all of these things that we're going through, but that's why it's important for you to look at your individual circumstances and see which one fits or just try some of these things and see if it helps. But let's talk about food. How can that affect early waking? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, babies will get hungry. That goes without saying, you know, babies, little babies and, you know, babies of a lot of ages will still need to be fed overnight. And so you don't want to rule that out. If your baby has is just transitioning to dropping all the night feeds and then they start to wake up at kind of five o'clock in the morning, then, yeah, you can assume that they probably are starting to get hungry. So if you try to settle them and after sort of 10, 15 minutes that hasn't worked, then, of course, you're going to feed them. Now, if you feed them and they settle straight away, that's fantastic. You know it was hunger, they've settled. If you feed them and they're still wide awake, then you've got to look at everything else and see if actually maybe it has something to do, to do with the naps rather than the feeds. Um, and obviously, we you know, we do talk a lot about full feeds, but 
we also need to talk about solids. You know, when you're starting on solids, it's not going to be an instant a baby's going to take three meals a day and they're suddenly going to be stuffed full and they're going to sleep all night. That's not how it works. It's a much more gradual transition. So the milk is still very, very important. And you can obviously do little things like introduce other things like top-ups, milk top-ups. Um, you know, if you've had a baby who's previously been sleeping all night, they're not quite at the age of going onto solids, but they started to early week, then you can introduce little milk top-ups towards the late afternoon just to keep the baby full um <clears throat> so that's one thing that you can do and then when baby has started solids and things are established you know it's been a few weeks and you are getting the three solid meals then you know if if they then start to wake up early what you can do is actually introduce a bit of a supper so they'll have had their dinner they might have a top-up milk feed then they could have a wee supper and then they could have their bedtime milk feed and then that'll help to just push things through in the morning. But again, you know, it's not a guarantee. It's not, we're not saying that every baby that wakes early is waking because of hunger. It's just one of the options. I, I mean, there's a couple of other things to think about, I guess, as well, in terms of weaning, that actually when you do start solid foods with baby, it can sometimes, you know, give their, their tummy a bit of hard work or harder work than it's used to. So you can end up with more wind, which can cause waking through the night. So that's something to bear in mind. And I guess the other thing also to chat through, you talked about a supper and, and we've spoken about top up feeds, but you know, before you've weaned, that's kind of what what you're doing with adding in a wee bit of a feed. You know, in those early days, we talk about planned cluster feeding to try and help baby stretch out. Um, and that that can be true for early waking that you might want to think about doing a kind of a couple of feeds closer together towards bedtime, which is essentially like your bedtime feed and a supper feed. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, you can really introduce sort of one, if not two extra feeds between the kind of three o'clock and the bedtime. You can mm-hmm. introduce a couple in there. And the other thing, just sorry, going back to what you just said about the um, tummy and solids, that is so true. And it's not just when like babies can actually start to wake up in the night and do a poo, which they haven't previously done. Yeah. So, you know, it is something to think about rather you know if baby is in their own room you might want to go in and just double check that they haven't done a poo because you wouldn't really want to settle in that so that's so true I forgot I definitely had that with it with my two and I, and I think what you then find that they you know they they wake up doing a poo there's no danger you're going to change that nappy and get them back to sleep after that point because they're going to be wide awake and then you get into this sort of habit of of the fact that they've either the habit of waking for a poo because I find it extraordinary how my kids can are so habitual I guess in terms of their toilet habits like you know for months on end they will basically do a poo at approximately the same time every single day and that can obviously happen when you do start weaning and then you get into that thing that they're like oh well I wake up to do a poo and then I have my nappy changed and it's playtime hooray and so you do need to think about things like what you're actually giving them. Think about what solids you're giving them at what times of day and bring tummy massage into your day as well. So, you know, if you do find that baby's waking up most nights to do a poo in the early hours of the morning, try and do some tummy massage at lunchtime just to start the bowels really mm-hmm. moving through before bedtime rather than the middle of the night. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about something that people occasionally find a wee bit controversial talking about baby sleep. It's this idea of habit. But as we've said loads of times, 
that's kind of about semantics because habit is really the same as consistency in some ways, which is Sarah's absolute favorite, even more than Jim. (laughs) And I, I mean that habit is the same as consistency because if you consistently do the same thing, that creates a habit. Because sometimes parents can try all the things that we've spoken about and their lovely baby still thinks it's party time early doors. And that can make parents feel really frustrated. So Sarah, let's talk about habits and consistency when it comes to early waking. We've kind of touched on this a bunch of times throughout because often there can be one thing that sets early waking in motion and it can be really hard to get back from. Like my son is pretty consistently uh, an early waker and and we go through this all the time that something will happen. We It's like we get into a habit and then I have to gradually ease it back to what is a more reasonable time. And, and really for us, that is like six, six, thirty. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you've got to be realistic with your expectations. So I always say to people, you know, your morning can start from 6am. That is realistic. If you've got a little one who's going to bed between 6.30 and 7 or even 6 and 6.30, then they're not going to sleep until 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning. It's not going to happen. So anything from 6am is morning time. So lower your expectations to that and things are going to instantly get better. But yes, habit is a big thing. So once you say in your head what you want your start time of the day to be, that is what you're working towards. So if you've gone for six o'clock being the absolute earliest that you're getting up, then you're going to be consistent with that. So even if they're waking up at kind of half five, you're not actually going to start your day until six o'clock. And that might mean that you're settling for half an hour. It might mean that they're happy just playing for half an hour. But whatever it is, you're just going to be sticking to that you know six o'clock is the point in the day when you actually change it from being night to day so that's when you're going in lights are going on or curtains are being opened you're speaking in a much higher pitch sing-songy voice and you're saying good morning so it's a change to the environment in a positive way but you do need to be really consistent with that you know if you have said that six o'clock or six thirty is your start time you don't want to be eking it out so you know you don't want it to be one morning oh well we got to 555 because that's then going to be 550 545 540 and before you know it you're getting up start your day in the middle of the night totally it's amazing how those like little tweaks can actually make such a big difference I think as well I think that you know and and it's really easy we've talked about this too when you're really tired to just be like oh like you you just want to do the the easiest thing which is obviously fine but if you then want to change it it does require a bit of perseverance. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. You know, it can be, like you say, it can be very easy to slip into that habit of just thinking, oh, well, you know, it's only quarter to six, so it's fine, we'll get up. But actually to rein it all in and not let get out of hand, not let get earlier and earlier, you do just need to be consistent. You need to create that new habit of the awake time that you want. And that work, that's the one that works for you as a whole family. So in your case, yeah, okay, maybe it's not really working for you, but it's working for Roar and it is a sensible <laughs> wake time. So you do have to go with it. <laughs> yeah darn kids (laughs) the reason that it is a bit controversial is because people have a bit of a thing about saying babies can't have bad habits and that's why we're very careful to not call it a bad habit because you know whose opinion is it that it's a bad habit it's simply a habit because the more you do something 
the more likely it is to occur. You know, we said if you eat your lunch every single day at 12 o'clock, your tummy's going to start rumbling at 5 to 12, that we are human beings and we are creatures of habit. So habits can be created in babies too. And this is not about good or bad. They are just a habit, <laughs> I guess. And and so if you want to change that habit, then it, it can take a bit of time. Yeah. And you need to look at all these different things. If if early waking or waking at if waking at 5 a.m. is the habit, then you know it's important to look at all these different factors to see what you might be able to change to try and push it a little bit later because you know it, it is tough if you you're consistently getting up at five and you don't want to be yeah no absolutely and it can feel really frustrating when you feel like you've tried absolutely everything and they are still waking up early and I think for a lot of people that's when they just sort of think okay well it's easier just to get up and start the day early than try to keep continually battling this um, yeah. but then that is it it's sort of reinforcing that habit which you know yeah again we're not saying it's a bad habit it's just a habit and I think that you know you've always got to work out what is the best way for you and your family as you said you know if you can cope with that maybe that is you know maybe you don't want to be having that battle at five in the morning and you would rather you know that that works for you you go okay well I'll get them up and I'll start my day then and go to bed earlier or whatever. I think for a lot of parents, that sort of thought process of I'll get them up now and just go to bed early, it doesn't work because when it comes to bedtime, they then want that bit of time where they can just be adults again. So you do need to think about your 24 hours as well as babies. And also, I guess, you know, when they start getting up at five, then you really should, if you're like, okay, this is the time they're getting up, you then need to push their bedtime earlier and so then it's you know that everything is then shifting and we mentioned it sort of a a wee bit earlier on talking about kind of darkness in terms of bedtime but having a consistent bedtime is really really important because that is also about habit essentially you know we're we're bookending the day with bedtime and with morning Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and as we've talked about in pretty much every episode you do have your 30 minute window so you know if your bedtime is kind of 6 30 then you've got 30 minutes before that you've got 30 minutes after it and the same with your wake up time but you just kind of want to bear in mind that 6 a.m is your earliest point of your wake up time yeah and we'll have to wait for lions do you know the really annoying thing though is you know if you are ever feel comfortable or you have the opportunity to be away from your kids you might not want to I really struggled for a very long time to leave my kids overnight but when we eventually did have a night away there I was wide awake five in the morning where is my lion I can't apparently I can't sleep later than sort of half six these days it's habit Sarah and I are really excited to tell you about our brand new sleep club. Six weeks of expert sleep classes, support and answers to help you and your baby get more sleep. Sleep club is for anyone who has a baby under 12 months who would like access to support and guidance across the big sleep topics, as well as crib notes, age appropriate schedules, a community of like-minded parents and a WhatsApp group with me and Sarah. Join the list to find out full details, early doors, I mean before anyone else, not like five in the morning, by sending us an email, hello at thesleepmums.com and just put sleep club in the subject and tell us the age of your baby. Go on. Join the club.
Now on to our final thing. And I feel like it's something that's also not really discussed enough. Often with sleep advice, they'll just say you should try and resettle your baby if they wake early. And that's not massively helpful because they don't mention that settling techniques can work less well in the early morning because babies already filled their tank at least some of the way with sleep. Yeah, definitely. That, you know, the kind of danger wake up, I would always say is from sort of half four. And, you know, really then you need to dig deep to get through those settling techniques. And you also have to accept that, you know, you might be doing these settling techniques until 6am and they're not going to go back to sleep. You're just getting them through so that you can then be consistent with your wake up time. So you're not necessarily aiming for a resettle. You're aiming to get to the time that you need to get to to feel comfortable with starting your day. So we come back to the kind of small ones. For example, if you've managed to get to six o'clock without getting them up, that's fantastic. doesn't matter if they haven't gone back to sleep, give yourself a pat on the back and then be consistent with that. So think about your three to five day rule as well. Um, but, you know, bear in mind that when it's an early morning, it can take longer for that to really ingrain itself. Um, and so just go back and kind of look at everything else that you've been doing and try and break it down. You know, if you get an extra five minutes a day, that's amazing. So rather than expecting the, the full extra hour or half an hour or whatever it is that you're looking for, if you get a few minutes extra every day or every few days, that is a win. Yeah, totally. I think it's a wee bit like saying, you know, it's it's really easy for the time to creep earlier and earlier, as you say, for, you know, it's 5.55, then it's 5.50 and so on. And it's the same going the other way. You know, it can feel so tiny, these amounts, but it is, it's worth kind of trying to persevere to get it later. And, you know, hopefully you'll get a bit more kick. Yeah, definitely. I think the other thing to mention uh, in terms of settling techniques is it's important to talk about the the kind of techniques that you use. So whilst you might use something that's a little bit more sort of vigorous or earlier on in the night, you have to keep it super, super boring in those early hours because baby is already edging closer to being more awake. Yeah, you do. You don't want to interact at all at that time, really, because as soon as they get a little bit of interaction, you're going to get a beaming smile and then it's going to be really hard to persevere. So, you know, very gentle, just kind of, you know, if you can sit in the room and maybe sit with your back to the cot, but a hand on them. So just really, really kind of soft, gentle techniques and no chat or as little chat as you're comfortable with. But then, you know, some babies also do just really like the settling technique that they have responded to so it might be that that sort of vigorous bottom pat is what works but just be flexible with that and you know if, if you need to adapt your settling techniques depending on the time of night then that's okay every week we answer a listener question it's really important to us that we put our advice to practice in the real world and obviously as we said we get loads and loads and loads of questions particularly about early waking. So this week we have a question from Alison. Hi Sarah and Kat, my baby boy is 12 weeks old. He was born at 37 plus 2. I was having growth scans because he was smaller. When he was born he was 5 pounds 7 but he's put on weight steadily. He was going from 8pm till 4am having a feed and then back down till 7am. I'd heard you should do a late feed so I started waking and feeding him at 11pm in the hope that he would go down to 7am. It's not worked and he's still waking at 4am looking for a feed. He's now also started waking earlier, so he's now waking at 6am, not looking to be fed but wanting to get up. 
Not sure if I should bother with the 11pm feed or if I should try and cut the night feed. Any suggestions would be great. Thank you. That's a brilliant question um, and one that, again, we have sort of covered in the podcast on on social media. The dream feed or, you know, waking to feed is it's it's excellent if it's required and in your case obviously you know your baby was born small you um needed to give them that little bit of extra help to gain weight and that's absolutely fantastic you've managed that weight gain's really good the problem with the kind of dream feed and waking to feed over time is that you know it then becomes disruptive to their natural sleep pattern so what's happening now is you know you're waking him to have that feed but he's still waking at his natural time. So yeah, the first thing that I would do is cut the dream feed. You've said that weight gain's good, so that's really important. You're getting all your feeds into the daytime hours, which is brilliant. So cut out the dream feed and then think about that first wake up. Now, if he's waking up, he's only 11 weeks old, so if he's waking up at 4 a.m. and he's having a quick, quick feed and he is settling again until 6 o'clock, that is actually really good you know that's one night feed at 11 weeks old that's fantastic and as we've said 6 a.m that is morning time that's the early end of morning time but it is morning time so you know you could run with that if you feel like he's having that four o'clock feed and then he's not ready for a feed when he's waking up then what you could do is just spend a little bit of time trying to resettle him at four o'clock if it doesn't work then you know that you do still need to feed him but you can give yourself that little window to resettle and see what happens could you not also do the feed at four if he then wakes at six not feed him until the time you'd like to start your day i.e seven um so you know have it keep it chill maybe read some stories and things like that but then you're kind of creating that morning habit that and then ultimately when he does drop that night feed or the 4am feed that it might be more likely that he'll go until seven because you know you've created that habit if you like of the morning feed absolutely I mean you definitely don't want to go over the three hours at this stage especially Mm -hmm. given that he was smaller so you know if he's woken up four and you fed him then yeah you would be aiming to feed at seven at the latest anyway Um, Mm -hmm. and to be honest if he wakes up at six by the time you've got him up changed his nappy had a bit of a cuddle done all those sorts of things you'll be getting towards the kind of half six mark anyway so then if he is happy then you can just play with him but equally you know based on the fact that he has gone all night or gone to the point of four o'clock in the morning it's it's absolutely fine to be feeding him again because he will be hungry Mm -hmm. it can be really hard though and I kind of hear that in Alison's voice that Mm -hmm. you know it's hard to know what to do because you do you go and you read these things and I remember trying a dream feed as well and you know then you're like ah what have I done and it does work for some people and in some circumstances it is is appropriate but you can also then just add in an extra wake up yeah it it can I mean I do think obviously in this situation where you said birth weight was low at 100% is the right thing you know you do need to focus on getting the birth weight up and having consistent weight gain so you know it is really important to do that but I think yeah it is that danger with the dream feed of just not knowing when to stop it and it is obviously you know in this case if he's still waking up at the same time then you know that that dream feed is actually just an additional feed now and it is disrupting his natural sleep pattern so what you might find the first couple of nights that you stop it is that he does wake up 
later than the dream feed, but earlier than the four o'clock feed, and then takes a feed and then maybe wakes again around about the six o'clock mark. So it might disrupt things slightly for a couple of nights, but then that'll settle as his body clock gets back used to what his natural pattern is. Cool. And then I guess, you know, as it get as it gets a wee bit bigger, you can think a bit more about the settling techniques. Um and I mean it sounds like she and he are doing brilliantly. Yeah, definitely. You're doing fantastically. Thanks so much, Alison. We hope that helps as ever and uh, good on you. If you want to get in touch with a listener question, you can send us an audio file to hello at thesleepmums.com uh, or you can send us a wee message on social media at The Sleep Mums on Instagram and Facebook. We love to hear from you and we love to help. <laughs> When you become a parent, you look back on the BC, before children, lions, with a mixture of admiration and horror. I mean, how is it even possible to sleep until 11am? I mean, that is lunchtime for sure. Frankly, these days, even 6.30 can feel like a bit of a luxury. Yes, babies and children usually wake earlier than teenagers and students. Yes, that's what early morning TV was made for. However, you don't need to just accept that a a 5am start is what you do now. These wee tweaks and things to think about should help you gradually increase baby's wake-up time to one that hopefully doesn't hurt quite so much. We hope this helps. Please write us a review, subscribe to The Sleep Mums. It honestly means that we can carry on doing what we do, which is hopefully getting all parents more kids. We'd also love it if you came and find us online at The Sleep Mums on Facebook and Instagram, as I mentioned. Oh, and we have a website where you can find out more Sleep Mum stuff. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. <laughs>